I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind. I'm honored to welcome the man behind Nico Nikos, based in Houston, Texas today. He is hello, hello. Hey, Dimitri. How are you? Great. How are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm well. Uh, Dimitri, can you tell me a bit about the history of Nico Nikos? So we're Greeks, and we, um, my parents, uh, you know, they jumped ship in uh, Montreal in 1960s. Uh, went to New York. We we lived in Manhattan. I was born in Manhattan, and in 1977 they migrated down here to Houston. Um, my father started working for another Greek restaurant at the time, and um, <clears throat> during that time we were getting kicked out of our apartment because we found a little dog, and they said that we can keep it, but then they said we couldn't keep it. So my mother had to find another place for us to stay, and that was just faith because. Across the street was the corner where Nico Nikos is at. It was going up for uh, for for rent, and the lady was putting a for rent sign up, and it had a house behind it as well. So my dad saw that right away and grabbed it and said, "Hey, how much?" And she said, three fifty, three hundred fifty dollars." So he had to go borrow that money so he could start uh, paying her rent. Um, he uh, he got that, and then he went down the street and got some produce set it up on the sidewalk there on a table and started selling produce to the, to the neighbors. And then from there, he got a grill and some, some, some uh, restaurant equipment and started selling euros to the Texans, Euro sandwiches. And that's how we got started. That's an inspiring story. Um, and Euro, Euro it is. Um, Euros and fresh cut fries. How frustrating it is to hear gyro, or, or can can we accept uh, that most people know it's Jiro now? No, I mean it's whatever. You know, it's a nice conversation. You know, you open it up, but uh, yeah, New York, New York is Jiro. I, I always wondered if it's because you guys have heroes up there too. If they did that on purpose so they could tell the difference, I'm not sure, but it is Jiro. Jiro is how it's supposed to be. How has the pandemic impacted your business, uh, and and more expansively? what I know to be a national commerce that you do to, to send um, the euros all around the country. So um, in the beginning, when it first started, it really, it really hurt, hurt us. Um, we went down, I think like 60%, 50, 60%. Uh, we lost sales in the beginning. And once they, once uh, Houston, allowed us to open up for curbside and to go um, and have some seating. Then it started picking back up. We were, we were, we're lucky. We're, we're, we're in a different situation than a lot of other restaurants. One, because it was our setup. You know, we, we, we always did uh, takeout. We always had disposable plates that's all we have, even for dining. We always did disposable, you know, uh, and we always were set up for the to-go model. Okay, now online ordering and the to-go curbside and that sort of thing was part of our our daily um, operation, anyways. But it wasn't as big as now. Now is different. Like that's that's most of our business, and. We're very fortunate that we have, you know, loyal customers. We've been around 43 years. 
So they trust us. We have a, we have a good name for being a clean restaurant. And um, once we found out what needed to be done with the plexiglass and, you know, reassuring our guests that, that um, you know, we're wiping everything down and we wore masks, we wore masks and um, from the beginning, right when they, right when they announced it, we, we got our people masked before it was mandated. So that, that kind of helped out too, you know. We had some really, really um, amazing customers that that own uh, law offices and things like that. Uh, Moiston, uh, Amber Moston, she's a, a big lawyer here in town. She called all her restaurant friends and were like, "Look, I want to feed the nurses at the hospitals. Take a hundred sandwiches today." Um, so we got a lot of that too. Like a lot of our our loyal customers help us out. And they helped a lot of restaurants out that way too. Houston's a really amazing, amazing city about that. You know, they're, they're, they're a restaurant town and they, they enjoy going out to eat and they really support us. So we're lucky. We're very lucky. Now the fine dine restaurants, like my buddies that have fine dine restaurants, they were hit, uh, they were hit a lot, a lot harder and they still are community was really important to restoring business as usual, both in the traffic coming into the restaurant when you reopened and also for your ongoing delivery in Houston and around the country. That community, do you feel as the pandemic has had these resurgences, do you think the, the, the community has withstood what, what has been kind of resurgence after resurgence in a lot of different places? In our community? In your community. Yeah. Yeah, they have. What do you think is it's I would imagine part of the part of the recipe for that community is just having respect and empathy for each other. Right. Well, of course. And I think every community is like that. You know, Um, Houston's always been like that. You know, if. Somebody told me one time uh, when we had Hurricane Harvey down here, right? And Hurricane Harvey flooded all these neighborhoods and we had the big floods down here. There was an insurance lady that came down, an adjuster, and she was telling us, I, I think we catered something. We brought some food out to them or something. And she was telling me that, um, you know, the lines of people that I see that I saw like at uh, different, I think it was Hurricane Sandy or, you know, going for help, right? Or, and, and I'm not saying anything bad about anybody else. This is what, just what she told me. She said, you know, it's amazing in Houston, you see the, the, amount, the, the amount of people that were in the lines that were going for help in like these different areas like Sandy and, and Reed, uh, Katrina and that sort of thing. She says, I see that in Houston for people volunteering to help out, you know, and Houston's always been like that. I mean, we've always been um, helping each other, you know, and, and, and we don't have the best weather in the world. We don't have the beautiful mountains. We don't have the beautiful ocean and that sort of thing. But anytime I, anybody ever tell, ask me about what Houston's about, I always tell them it's the people. I mean, the people down here are amazing. You know, they really are. 
What do you think is so central to that resilience, what, what you're identifying that makes uh, Houston separate and apart? Um, is, is there something you attribute to, to that uh, certain character or personality? It has to be, but I, I can't tell you. I don't know. I, can, I couldn't tell you. Um, you know, uh, it's just how they are. I mean, you always see all the restaurants, they don't, you know, restaurants don't talk bad about each other. The businesses help out. You know, when my parents started, um, they came down here from New York. They didn't know anyone, right? They come down, they 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 heard about, you know, Damaris Barbecue uh, and Pappas restaurants that, and of course they're Greeks, so that's a little bit different, but they were like, hey, you know, if you need help or anything, Pappas will help you with equipment, Okay. If you need a good banker, the mayor knows some people at the bank. And so my parents went to them. They didn't even know my parents. And, you know, Jimmy Demaris was like, hey, uh, uh, get in the car with me. I'll take you to the bank. And he takes them to the bank and he even co-signs for them. You know, he didn't even know these people. So, but that's a Greek, kind of a Greek thing too. But it's a lot like that here in Houston. You know, it's, they help each other out. What is your hope for the immediate future, speaking for the culinary industry, if you think that there are steps that either the city or the state or this new administration should take to ensure that there is not just relief and recovery, but that there is some longstanding um, care and concern for the well-being of, of, of restaurants across the board. When they sent us the PPP money and people were, I mean, we were able to get it, that really, really helped out a lot. You know, it helped out, let us survive. But if you're not allowing them to open, okay, that PPP money goes out. I mean, it goes away real quick. So, you know, we were lucky because we got the PPP money and we were open and we were, you know, able to have some business. But if you don't have the business, that PPP money goes away fast. So, you know, I'm not sure why, you know, I mean, there's so many arguments, right? And I don't want to get uh, in trouble for saying this, but, I'm, you know, we're fortunate they allowed us to stay open to work. And I'm not sure why they're shutting everybody down, you know, um, restaurants and that sort of thing. If they could put some limitation on how many people can come in or whatever, or, you know, allow them to, to do the outdoor dining. And, you know, you got to trust the restaurants, too. They, the, You know, we we do a lot of stuff the health department says already. And it wasn't none of this stuff was really new except for wearing masks. You know, we clean, we sanitize, and and also the spacing. You know, the spacing's new. Um, but I think restaurants have done a, a pretty good job in, in you know, um, following the, the guidance. Now, I know there's some clubs out there and that sort of thing that made us look bad, okay? But just like the health department, we have a health department that, that goes to each kitchen, okay, and, and inspects it. And if it's not good, they're going to shut them down. You know, they can do that. 
they can go to each place and if they're not if they're in violation they need to you know shut them down make them change it or you know if they're blatantly in violation then just shut them down you know but i'm not sure putting everybody in that same boat uh it's going to kill them it's going to kill a lot of people's uh living sustaining business so that you can open and as infection rates stabilize you can you can ensure that your business is capable of of receiving that aid and continuing to operate and so that might be the formula for continued you know recovery and and healing from this well we're going to have to i mean they're going to have to do something they're going to have to send more support out you know yeah they're gonna, they're going to have to look at their investment you know, and say, hey, these these people pay a lot of tax back into the community. They, you know, they they have a lot of jobs in the community, and they have to protect it. You know, right? And it's going to take some time to pay it back, but or get it back. But at least, you know, you're not just going to kill it. There was a tremendous amount of aid for the you know major conglomerates, and it's really small businesses that, um, you know, and smaller businesses that were. In, in need of that protection, do you think small businesses have not gotten as much as they should? I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know what the big businesses got. I'm not, I'm not really paying too much attention to that. You know, I was just kind of worried about us at the time. Uh, I was lucky, you know, like I had all my papers in order. I had all my accounting in order. You know, we were, we're small mom and pop stores but we're organized, you know? And then I had friends that weren't organized and they didn't have their paperwork done right and, and that, and they didn't get the loans, you know, the PPP loans. So, um, you know, they, they, they're hurting, you know, they, they're, some of them are shut down, you know, they, they just can't survive. You still have um, fa- family in Greece? Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of family in Greece. There, you should see what's going on over there. They can't even, <laughs> they can't even open, man. I mean, they're locked down. What is going on over there? They locked everything down. They locked everything down back in March. They opened up for the summer to try to get some tourism business. Uh, in the beginning, you know, when they first locked down, they had barely any cases. Then when, when summertime came and all the tourism came, that's when they started getting a lot of cases. So they locked it all down again. Um, in order to go go outside, you have to text the police department and say, hey, I'm going to go down the street and get groceries. They give you an okay. You can go. And then you have like a certain amount of time to get back. So if they find you in the street, they'll give you a big fine. And uh, we're talking about like maybe seven or a thousand euros. And they are not, you know, they don't make that much money. Right. So it's, um, you know, they're scared to get outside. They're, they're, they're staying indoors, but their businesses are done. What is the difference if you would say between sort of the authentic Greek American experience and the Greek experience in, in, um, in, in the food itself. Um, would you say it's, it's very close and identical or are there things that are different if you were to have authentic Greek in Greece? Really the only thing difference that, I mean, as far as at our restaurant goes, you know, we bring in our own olive oil, we bring in, you know, our own seasonings and salts and, 
uh, you know, different, different, as much stuff I, I can bring in from Greece, I, wines, uh, pastries, the, the, the ingredients for pastries. I brought a, a pastry chef from Greece. So our restaurant is pretty, uh, is very authentic. The one thing that I know that's different here in America is the vegetables. So like when you eat a tomato in Greece or an onion, or it's just different, you know, it just, it's just different tastes. It's sweeter. It's the vegetables there are just much different, but you know, nowadays you can bring everything. We bring our own fish. We have a fish, uh, fish, uh, place in our, in our Island that they bring it. They send us fish every, uh, two days. And not only us, it goes to Whole Foods. It goes to a lot of different uh, restaurants here in town. And that, that comes from Greece too. So you can get anything you want. How have you found the supply chain to hold up during the pandemic? Uh, supply chain for us, uh, disposables. Um, a lot of that stuff comes from China. That we had a hard time getting, you know, and then obviously everybody switched to that too. So the, the supply went down. Lots of demand for that. Um, meat. We didn't have much of a problem there. We started having a little bit of a problem with the pork. Um, but I'm lucky. I have a I have a vendor that he supplies all the supermarkets. And he supplies us because we're pretty high volume. And uh, he was able to get everything. Everything. But uh, for one second there, he was telling me about pork being difficult to get. I think uh, your tzatziki uh, in and of itself uh, can be gobbled up as a soup or put on anything and you'll feel 100% better. The Athenian mud pie was about the most creative and interesting <laughs> fusion of America and Greece. How did you invent that? That was well, something. Yeah, Baklava and brownie, uh, you know, mud pie like Mississippi. Yeah, so that, that was, that's actually like a brownie with a cream cheese crust. So that was a friend of mine here in Houston that taught me that. And he, and, um, he taught that. To, he, he gave me that recipe. Uh, that's not a very Greek recipe, but that's one of our well-traveled ones. That, that one ships pretty good. Like right now, we're about to do heart-shaped ones for Valentine's. And um, we ship it through Go Belly. And um, that one there is pretty good. We're very thankful that we work we. You know, we live in Texas, that we we have uh, the leadership that allows us to stay open and try to try to, you know, navigate through this whole thing and not not just kill us. Um, so I want to say thanks to them for <laughs> for helping us. Um, you know, everybody else out there that's suffering, I, I feel I feel really bad and I worry about them because I know that they're those are dreams that, that are just, you know, they're they're finished you know those dreams are just done in a lot of places i don't i don't know how fair that is you know but um anyways we'll get through this but and you're helping us uh give birth to those dreams and, and helping us preserve those dreams uh anew uh, for houston and uh and your spirit of resilience uh really comes through um i want to thank you dimitri for your for your time today for your story uh, and for the hope that you give your customers and uh, and everyone there in Houston and all of our listeners. Thanks, man. Visit us at nikonikos.com, N-I-K-O-N-I-K-O-S.com. You can order uh, 
anything you want from us over there or just say hello or, you know, shoot me an email. Okay. But take a look at it. Thank you, Dimitri.